Welcome to episode 601 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, a man who has a lack of sleep, but not a lack of opinions about the pinball industry. So here's what we're going to do on this episode, because I think a lot of you are feeling what I'm feeling. Like we're in a holding pattern. Like we look at all these pinball companies in the world saying they're going to make games. It's 2021. It's almost August. And we really haven't seen that many new inbox pinball machines land in the world, right? And I think for a lot of you out there, we're waiting and we're waiting. So what I'm going to do on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast, it's what I do best. Let's go down the list of manufacturers and just talk about what's going on in the world. And I want to give you my opinion about each of these companies right now. We're going to start with Sturm Pinball. Now, Sturm Pinball is a company in which the Mandalorian is their focus right now. And I will say it is impressive to see Sturm Pinball make all these Mandalorian LEs and get them out to customers. I think probably by now, almost every single Mandalorian LE has shipped to customers. Because remember, Stern Pinball can make about 400 games a week. That means it only takes this company two weeks to make 750 Mandalorian LEs. Now, I've been watching unboxings. I've been seeing people. The game does look gorgeous. Don't get me wrong. The game does look gorgeous, and I'm happy people are enjoying their Mandalorians. Stern has done a great job in making games that look beautiful. They look beautiful in a lineup. The back glass with that trans light, with the mirrored back glass with Mandalorian and that Beskar armor, the games look super sexy. Yes, I wish there was more magic in the game. It doesn't matter, it's not gonna happen. The game is what it is. The game is fun and I get it. I can hear the Stern fanboys tell me that that's all that matters, Chris. If the game is fun, everything is worth 9,200 bucks according to these fanboys. Now, the other thing I was thinking about with Stern, you don't hear anyone talk about Led Zeppelin anymore, like anywhere. Like it is not even any discussion. There's not even any enthusiasm around Led Zeppelin. And I think Led Zeppelin will go down as a total miss. And the question then becomes, does Steve Ritchie hang it up? Does he become a design consultant? I don't think he's going to retire. I think he's going to go to the very end. But I think Steve Ritchie needs to take a step back and look at what people want look at what's exciting people, and put more into his games. We know he can do better than this. He's done better than this. I think he needs to reach further. I think he needs to aim higher. Because when you look at Led Zeppelin, there's no way around it. It's just not very creative. It's not very imaginative. You know, a spinner that rises up and that's the main mech. Come on, we can do better than this. Stern knows they can do better than this. And now that Mandalorian is going out the door, now that premiums are going to be going out the door, the shift to Keith Elwin's next game is going to start taking over the conversation. The question I have for Stern is they are very backlogged on orders. And are they going to move on to the next title sometime in September? Or will they delay it because they have to make all these existing orders they have? I know for some of you out there, you're super excited to get your Jurassic Park, which you ordered a very long time ago. But those Jurassic Park premiums are going to be on the line, I think maybe next week. They can't keep up with demand, Stern Pinball. There's no denying the fact that there are still delays because of COVID. It's not over as much as everyone likes to think so. I'm curious to see what Stern's next move will be. You know, they must have got a ton of Mandalorian orders as well. 
But Sturm Pinball is a juggernaut. They have this thing down to a science of manufacturing. And if you order a Stern machine, you know you're going to get it. And you know they're most likely going to take care of you. And you know that Stern Pinball is not going to stop. So I look forward to seeing the next game. Mandalorian, it's beautiful. It's just not for me. Okay. Next on our list is Spooky Pinball. And with Spooky, everyone is saying the same thing. Well, two things. When are we going to see the game? And when am I going to know what number game I ordered? Now, I reached out to Luke over at Spooky, and I want to say I loved interviewing the family over there. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 600. I thought it was a great chat, and I think this company is winning everybody over. Every year, they continue to get better. Every time they talk to the community, they gain more fans. They gain more goodwill, and I think it's genuine, and I think you can feel it, and I think Spooky's on a roll. I really do. I think they know what they're doing, and I will say that Canada was right. The game's did not sell out on day one. Some distributors still have products, still have collector's editions, not many. So if you do want to get one, I think Joe at Pinball Star has some. I think Nitro has some. So if you're looking for an Ultraman or a Halloween, they can still be acquired, but they're going to sell out. This is not a question of whether or not they will all be spoken for. But here's what's going to happen next. People need to see gameplay. And I emailed Luke and I said, where is the gameplay? And he said, obviously, they have to share it with the license holder and they have to get everything approved. But why is it taking so long? This is the part that's kind of strange, if you ask me. It's kind of spooky. Why are they waiting weeks to show people what's in these games? Is this going to bite them or help them? Now, I said it before, I don't think they should even share anything at this point. Just let it go out to consumers, let people unbox it and experience the game. What good does it do? I don't think this is going to do them any good because I do think the moment they show gameplay, people are going to pull it apart. People are going to nitpick. There's going to be something people see that they love and something that they hate. And you know how the community is. We tend to lean towards the negative. We tend to focus on the things we would have done differently versus the stuff we love. Gameplay should be coming by the end of July, which is what? Like next week, we should probably see something on these games. The other thing everyone wants to know is what number game am I? Because once you find out what number game you are, it means the difference between waiting a month, waiting four months, waiting six months, maybe even waiting over a year, right? With 1,250 Halloweens and 500 Ultraman, you're going to be waiting a while if you're high on that list. So that's going to happen this week. Now, what will also happen when people get their numbers and they realize how much time the wait is... I think you're going to see more games go up for sale because we all love to barrel through that door when a new pinball machine is available, but then when reality sets in and you realize, oh, I'm not going to get the game for eight months, oh, I want to get Keith Owens' next game, or oh, Mandalorian looks really fun, or oh, Stern Pinball is shipping Jurassic Park, people are going to start to trade spots, and that's okay. I wonder what these spooky games will sell for on the secondhand market. I don't think you're going to see people selling spots for like two to 3000 over MSRP the way we saw with Rick and Morty. I just don't think there's going to be that kind of like, I need to have this game because I don't think either title is as like, take my money now as Rick and Morty was. And there's also just way more games available. Remember, there's 500 more Halloweens than Rick and Morty. That's not an insignificant number. 
And you and I both know this, out in the world, there aren't really thousands of people that want every single new in-box pinball experience. There's probably like maybe a thousand or two that have to have it right away. So after Spooky Pinball, I'm looking at Jersey Jack Pinball, and there's no way around it. When I see the JJP logo now, I get a little bit deflated because the topic continues to remain around customer service. It's not even about play fields anymore. The main issue surrounding Jersey Jack Pinball is their customer service. And I'm looking at this thread that's blowing up. It's on fire right now. And the thread title is, Avoid JJP. They do not stand behind their products. And there's a story in here about an operator who bought a Guns N' Roses. He put it on location. And it's not just the play fields he's having issues with, which he's having issues with that, but he had a board failure. And he reached out to Jersey Jack Pinball to get his board replaced that failed under the warranty of the game. And he was told he had to spend something like 450 bucks to replace it. I'm also hearing from Guns N' Roses owners that Jersey Jack Pinball's customer service right now is telling people to go buy the washer kits from Pinball Life. So let's get this straight. You spend $10,500 on a game and you have to go buy the washer kit and put them in your game to protect your game. They're not going to provide it for you. I don't understand this. And then the other thing that happened, which was really strange, is that this owner, who clearly has been trying to reach out to them through his distributor so they know who he is, this thread starts blowing up and what happened in it, like on page two or three, then Barry from Jersey Jack Pinball, their customer service representative, he chimes in when he sees all this negativity and, and this landslide happening of people saying they don't stand behind their products. And Barry chimes in with his number and says, give me a call. And we all know that the reason why he's doing that is damage control. This is not how you're supposed to handle your customers. You're not even supposed to put your phone number in a pin side thread. Nobody would tell you that's the way to handle a situation like this. And he's only doing that because they're being called out. They're being held to the fire. And I want to talk about this real quick because I think Jersey Jack Pinball, they are at a crossroads with the community. And the community is looking at them to just improve their customer service. This is not how you do it. What message does it send to the community that after buying your expensive game, you're making them pay for their own washer kits? Who came up with that decision? That is a bonehead decision. Shouldn't Jersey Jack Pinball be calling up Pinball Life and buying all the washer kits and post kits they need and then mailing those out to their customers to put in their games? Why are they not doing that? That's the part I just don't get. Like, we're not stupid. We're not stupid. Like, we understand what's going on. We understand that there's issues. But the part that they're just getting wrong is that people just want to see them at least make one good step. They have to find a way back to restoring some credibility and trust with the pinball community, with their own buyers. This isn't just stern fanboys going into these threads and flaming Jersey Jack pinball. There are a lot of very, very loyal Jersey Jack Pinball customers that are just very frustrated with the customer service and the company's response to what's been going on over the last few months with Jersey Jack Pinball. And this is not how you do it. It's not about jumping into the thread after you've been called out 
and sharing a phone number because as people are saying, their emails are not being responded to, their phone calls are not being responded to, and it shouldn't have to come to this point ever, ever. The other thing I was thinking about with JJP is this. If you're them, how do you go about restoring people's faith in your company? How do you go about restoring people's faith in the quality of your products? Now, let's take the play field, for example. If you're Jersey Jack Pinball, how do you convince people and show them that you've fixed the playfield problem? The Mirko video he put up like eight months ago or six months ago, that didn't work. The seal of quality on these playfields didn't work because it's not accurate. How are they going to show the community that we've solved this problem? Are they going to switch vendors and will that convince people the problem has been solved? Are they going to show us like some time-lapse video of a pinball play field being abused over 5,000 plays to convince us to trust them on these products moving forward? I think that's something that this company really needs to figure out now. They need to restore people's faith in them. They need to restore people's trust. And I know that if they release Toy Story tomorrow, it would sell out and CEs would be spoken for immediately. What's happening over at Jersey Jack Pinball right now is not a question of whether or not they release loaded games with deep code. What is happening over at Jersey Jack Pinball right now, it's all about reputation. It's all about the brand perception. It's all about that right now. And when your reputation and your brand perception sinks to where it is right now with them, the thing that must be permeating through the walls there, people have to be feeling somewhat ashamed and somewhat deflated and somewhat demoralized because they went from being the hottest game of the year, winning all these awards, to this. You know, the product's not enough. Like, people are looking for more than just a product. They want a company that stands behind it and they want customer service. I think the mood over there has to be very somber. They really need to turn a corner on this whole thing. You can't be asking your customers who spent this much money on games to buy their own washer kits. You were bought by a billionaire who clearly has enough money. This company can't be struggling to the point where they can't provide washer kits, especially when customers are buying the most expensive premium pinball machines in the market today, which are Jersey Jack machines. It's just common sense. And we're all willing, and I hope they hear this because I know they listen to Canada's Pinball Podcast. The pinball community can be very harsh. We can be very mean. But we also will forgive when people do the right thing. And I am just waiting to see Jersey Jack Pinball turn a corner and start to do the right thing. It might feel like baby steps at first. But it would go a really long way if they would just admit that there is an issue. It would go a really long way if they would mail every single Guns N' Roses owner to date these kits to put in their machines. Because what advantage is it to them to avoid this? And I know that some games might have issues and some might not. But that doesn't matter. Everyone who buys this game is aware of the issue and they should be provided a preventative kit that might help them avoid having a headache down the road. We're watching you, Jersey Jack. Everyone's watching right now to see what you do. 
And it's not about putting phone numbers in pin side threads. It's about being more proactive, taking an action that's gonna show people that you're here for us as your customers, okay? And I think that's fair. And I know Canada's Pinball Podcast, I'm like the only show that will bring this stuff up because everyone else just wants to be friends with everybody in the pinball world and nobody wants to speak candidly about these topics. Let's go next on the list, which is Chicago Gaming Company. And so we are gonna see Cactus Canyon remake any day now. I think we might see it by the end of July. So that is happening. The other thing with Chicago Gaming Company, I'm hearing the topper on Cactus Canyon Remake has some sort of interactivity. I think it's a shooting game. Now, that would be really cool if it's a Western theme and there's something up there. Maybe you're shooting targets. So I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I heard the topper on this machine is going to be incredible. The other thing I'm hearing about Chicago Gaming Company is they have a major license that is being designed by, I believe, Mark Ritchie. And this company has three major, major news items that I hear are coming. Now, if you were to ask me, it's about time, right? How many years does Chicago Gaming Company get to do nothing to make us wait forever? It feels like it's been an eternity since Monster Bash Remake, since Medieval Madness Royal Editions. I'm so tired of waiting. Chicago Gaming Company, give us something to chew on. Speaking of something to chew on, American Pinball, where is Rampage, Legends of Valhalla, the quest for God knows how many sales they're going to have in this game. And I want to say that Two Steps from Hell is doing the music, and people told me, Canada, how do you not know who they are? They did the music in The Hobbit. How do you not know who they are? They have 95 million views on YouTube. Okay, so I don't wake up and listen to orchestrated music about like Vikings attacking epic battle warfare kind of things. It's not my musical genre that I'm into, but I will say they're really talented. The music is really cool, but I'm also going to go on the record right now and tell you an amazing orchestrated soundtrack for Legends of Valhalla will not make this game sell. We'll see what the final package is. I don't know what the final package is, but I can tell you Looking at the pinball landscape, original IP games, it's basically like stepping up to the plate with two strikes and you're facing the best pitcher in all of baseball. That is how hard it is to knock it out of the park or to even get a base hit when you are coming out with an original IP game. Now, American Pinball needs to get this game out as well so we can just see what it is, so we can actually discuss the product. It is so boring hearing all of these companies say what they're going to do and how this is the new AP and do interviews with podcasts in December and still nothing. David Fix, American Pinball team, get this game out. So what's going on in P3 Multimorphics world? So Jerry claims to have this licensed theme that is going to be impressive and we've all been waiting for a licensed theme on the Multimorphic platform and until that happens, there's no real news. Now, I don't know how many games they're getting out the door over at P3 Multimorphic, but until he has a licensed theme that really takes advantage of this platform, it's going to be interesting to see if this platform can finally take off because that's going to be the ultimate test, right? 
When Jerry puts a licensed theme on it, is it going to be something people want and how is it going to translate on that platform? So I'm, I'm curious to see what it is, but knowing the platform, I feel like it's going to be something like a, like a Bejeweled or like an Angry Birds or something like that. Next on my list is Dutch Pinball. Now, Dutch Pinball are making these big Lebowskis. They are making them slowly. The EAs, the early achievers, they're not even close to all being made whole. Now, I know part supply has been an issue for Dutch Pinball, but games are going out. The last I looked, people are waiting about two years to get these games who ordered from Cointaker on day one when, when they said we're coming back and we're making these games. It's a very slow burn. This is a long haul journey if you want to get a big Lebowski. But I will say this is still the nicest world under glass I've seen since I've been covering pinball. And that light it up apron or that lit apron is gorgeous. The game's gorgeous. The game's gorgeous. The one question I have, and if you have a big Lebowski, I'm not sure about this. Is the new code a lot better? The one thing I always hear as the reason why people sell their Big Lebowskis is the code is pretty basic. So if you have a Big Lebowski and you have the new code, can you email me at canadapinball at gmail.com and let me know how the changes are? Are you more satisfied with the game? Is it giving you more longevity with Big Lebowski? All right, I'm going down my list, people. Homepin is next. Now, not much to talk about Homepin other than Mike is teasing a licensed theme game. Now, this is another company where there's like nothing ever to talk about, right? How many years ago did he make Thunderbirds? And I think he's finally coming out with a Thunderbirds topper. I'm not going to hold back. I just, I don't expect much from Homepin. We haven't seen much from them. Ultimately, I'm just going to judge a company by its actions. And because they haven't really done much, I'm not really that excited. And Thunderbirds was one of the most underwhelming games that we've seen in many, many years. So can Mike do it? Can he turn a corner and make a game that impresses people? And I will say this, like I said with Jersey Jack, people will come around if you actually deliver something exciting. This community can be brutally honest and mean, but we also can be completely welcoming and send you our money if you make something people want. Speaking of things people want, the Pinball Brothers. Where is the LV version of the Alien Machine? This is another company that when they came out, they indicated that they would have the LV version of Alien available in the summer of 2021. It is the summer of 2021, and we are not seeing anything when it comes to what the LV version is. Now, I know there were some issues with the basic version of Alien, They've probably been working on some technical issues and fixing some of the quirks of this game. So like the rest of you out there, I just want to see if they can make an alien game that looks stunning. The source matter is stunning. The artwork in the alien world is stunning. Not the game itself, but the actual alien universe. I hope they can make this game look stunning, but here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's probably going to be a pretty lazy effort. My guess is that these guys are probably going to mail it in. It's not going to be stunning. I think they're going to just go black on the armor, throw the beacons on the top, but I think when you guys see Cactus Canyon remake and then you see what the Pinball Brothers are going to do, I think you're going to be like, oh, that is just not what we were expecting. And if you look at how beautiful Stern LEs are, 
how gorgeous Jersey Jack Pinball Collector's Editions are. The bar has been so raised on what a high-end premium version of a machine should look like, and I think they're not gonna meet that bar. That's just my take on this whole thing. Because they made a mistake from the very get-go, they should have come back out after waiting two years to re-release Alien. They should have came out of the gate with the sexy version. It made no sense. Why would you spend two years and come back and give people a basic version of something? Why not come back with the exciting version? Why not come back with the collector edition, the LV version, all the bells and whistles? That would have been the smart move, and I don't get why they didn't do it. So Haggis Pinball, Fathom. It's the game they need to start making now, and I think everyone's waiting to see the game go on the line, and that's really where we're at. Now, I think there are some distributors that still might have some Mermaid Editions, so if you missed out on the Mermaid Edition of Fathom, which if you ask me is the only version to get, you could probably still find one. Now, with this company, I'm waiting to see how manufacturing goes for them. They've never made this many games ever. I'm also curious to see how the gameplay will be with their indestructible play fields because as cool as that is, will the gameplay live up to people's expectations? So we will see, I don't know, the games haven't shipped yet. So last on my list and least effective pinball company in the last few years, Deep Root Pinball. Now, Robert and Deep Root said that they would have an update for people the week of July 19th. That is this week, it is Thursday. Tomorrow will be the end of this week, and we have not seen an update. Iceman has taken photographs of cars in parking lots for the people. There were zero cars in the parking lot last Friday. I think on Tuesday this week, there were four to five cars in the parking lot. That is a lot less vehicles than there have been previously. The fact that we are trying to figure out what is happening at Deep Root Pinball by counting the number of cars in the parking lot says it all. I still don't understand why Ice, and Ice, you know I love you, why he can't just knock on the door and ask to see inside. He's an owner, or he's a buyer of Raza. This never-ending mystery about the production over at Deep Root, it's not good. And you and I both know that this is even worse than Highway Pinball when Andrew used to give fake updates. At least Andrew Highway led us inside the factory and we could actually see workers and machines and something. We've seen nothing. And the thing about Deep Root that's confusing to me is why don't they at least show what American Pinball did? Remember when they lined up all those magic girls and at least it felt like, wow, there's 25 magic girls lined up. Games are going to happen. That at least gave people confidence. It got people like me to buy a Magic Girl because I, it looked real. We have absolutely nothing to go on. There's no cabinets. I've seen no play fields. Nobody's hit anything with a hammer. Steve Bowden keeps talking about rule sets for months. It's like, does he even work in the same building? Does he even know what's going on? And all these people that interviewed Deep Root, where are the follow-up shows? Where's the follow-up interviews? When are people gonna be held accountable for allowing Deep Root to do that entire media tour? And none of it came true. None of it came true. And the thread itself is now over 400 pages long. There's over 20,000 posts about Deep Root and not one game is out in the world. 
The part I can't understand is why aren't they even just streaming the game and showing people more of the game? You know, when you think about Deep Root 2, there's really only 122 people that are in on this game. I also heard a rumor, and I'm not sure if this is true, that Robert personally acquired 30 of the machines, which would knock it down to only 90 kind of orders for this game. And then you look at, from there, you've got the existing Zidware customers. So, man, there weren't many new people that went in on this game. It's not about the 122 Raza owners, right? It's not about that. It's not about J-Pop once again unable to deliver a game. What Deep Root is turned into and what the thread is turned into and what the topic has turned into, it's all just become a place to go to see good comedy because it's funny. It is funny. It's funny to see how these threads are just piling on with jokes and memes and Ben Heck going crazy making fun of them. It's just a hilarious room to walk into, right? If you think about pinball like a mansion and each room is a different manufacturer's like room, you walk into the Stern room and there's all this productivity going on. You walk into Spooky, same thing. You walk into Jersey Jack and they're trying to figure out customer relations. You walk into Haggis's room and they're trying to get Fathom on the line. Okay, you walk into the Deep Root room there's no games being made. There's nothing. It's just a bunch of guys in there telling jokes, and it's really funny stuff. And that's what Deep Roots become right now, like the butt of every joke. And, and it's at the point now, too, where you've got like guys like Yellow Bird, who for some reason just defend them to no end, and they get called cultists. And then you've got people like Ben Heck, who are just like, this whole thing is just a disaster that's never going to work out. And no one's right or wrong at this point because nobody's seen anything. I guess people who said it wouldn't work out are correct because it hasn't worked out. And it's July and we're almost into August and we haven't seen a single picture of anything happening. And it's hard to even cover Deep Root, right? Everything is just we're speculating, we're wondering, but no news is bad news. That's the part. No news is always bad news. Whenever a company promises manufacturing by a certain date and they miss that date and then they miss the update date and they start stalling and there's no cars in the parking lot, how is that good news? Do people really think they're going to open up the doors to Deep Root and see 122 boxes filled with Raza machines ready to go out to customers? Now, I will say this. If that's what we did see, and that's what they're planning, then this company could turn the corner. And if people could just see games being made, that is the only way they will ever get people to be confident in them. That is the only way they will sell game number two. That is the only way all of these years of R&D and pin bars and animations from Utah Studios, the only way you're gonna start to piece this deep root puzzle together and make it a viable pinball company is if you start with game one and show people you can make it and you stand behind it. That's it, we'll see what happens. Deep Root continues to be this enigma, but no news is bad news. All right, everybody, this has been episode 601 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I wanna thank all of you so much for tuning in. I have merchandise coming. It is coming very soon. I'm meeting with a vendor to create it. The first item I am making, and I'm going to offer it to my club members first, is a Viva La Raza special edition t-shirt. Now, there will only be 122 
Viva La Raza t-shirts made. So if you would like a Viva La Raza t-shirt and you're a club member, look out for the email. If you're not a club member, don't worry. If there are any remaining ones, I will open up the order banks and each one will not be $9,000. We will figure out a price for the Canada merchandise. I'm also going to make Viva La Raza hats and I'm also going to make Canada's Pinball Podcast t-shirts and hats. It's all going to be good. It's all going to be fun stuff. But I, again, like as I said, I want to arm you guys with some Canada gear before Pinball Expo. And mark my words, it will happen, okay? And I'm heading to Ireland on Saturday for a month. So what does that mean? Does that mean no more Canada's Pinball Podcast? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean no more Saturday morning spectaculars? No, it actually means I can do the Saturday morning spectacular in the afternoon because Ireland is what, six hours ahead? Five hours ahead, okay. So you're not gonna go without Canada. So don't worry. Don't pull your contributions. Canada's still here. 601 episodes, no drama, just making pinball for me and my baby mama. All right, everybody, we'll talk to you soon. Sometimes it's airplanes, you can't jump out. Sometimes bullshit, they don't work now. We all got our stories, Mr. Please tell me what there's to complain about.